Welcome back to another episode of Nothing But Net, presented by Deep Dive Sports. Um, we are here into the second round of the NBA playoffs now, aka the conference semifinals. Uh, and things definitely look a little bit different than the last time we recorded, which was early on in the first round. Um, so myself, Evan, and David, we're going to break it down for you, give our thoughts around each of the second round series. And if there's anything we want to touch on about how those first round series ends, we can do that too. So David, I'll throw to you to ask, is there a certain series you want to touch on first? I'm going to start with Eastern Conference. All right. So just for ease, I'll just start off with uh, Milwaukee, Miami. So I am a little bit surprised on this that mm-hmm. uh, Miami would beat Milwaukee. I I, I think we all had Milwaukee going to the at least the Eastern Eastern Conference Finals, if yes. not the actual finals themselves. Honestly, it's great that Miami did pull the upset, and uh, I think that Butler pretty much had an amazing game, amazing <laughs> series, and pulled off some great games. I mean, this guy literally had 35, 40, 35 to forty five points each game, and had several assists in all of them. Yeah, he was absolutely huge, and. Like you said, um, I think we all had the Bucks going really far, as did most people. They were actually the uh, Vegas entering the playoffs. They were the Vegas odds winners to actually win the whole championship. Mm-hmm. And they went out in the first round. Now, my uh, Giannis wasn't exactly healthy. He missed a couple of games. And even when he came back, he wasn't super healthy. So that definitely played a big part in it. Um, but also, huge shout out to Miami, especially Jimmy Butler. I know... One of the games he had 56 points, which is absolutely insane. Um, so yeah, huge shout out to Miami for for beating the Bucks, and I don't think anyone expected it, but it was exciting, mm-hmm. especially uh, as seriously as they did because the yeah. the series score was four one. Yeah, not even not even a long series. They pretty much uh, what they call the gentleman sweep, where you know you only win mm-hmm. one game. It's not a full sweep, but um, so that was huge and. It also comes with some interesting questions about the Bucks. It just came out right before we started recording today on Thursday um, that they actually dismissed or fired their head coach, Mike Budenholzer. Really? Yeah. And so that'll be interesting to see where they go in that direction. And I do feel feel bad for him to some extent. I, I know there's stories out there that he's feeling with some rough family issues and was during this series. So, you know, hope mm. everything, send out some good thoughts to him. Um, hope everything's good there. But yeah, definitely, definitely leads to some questions and leads to, you know, a series in the second round that I don't think many people expected with uh, mm-hmm. ending up being the Heat versus the New York Knicks. Yeah, speaking of which, we can actually move on to that series next, <laughs> um, which didn't go as well as either <laughs> of us hoped. But granted, for Cleveland, it was most of them, if not the entire team, had no experience. And we mentioned that in a previous episode that that might kill them a lot. But honestly, it didn't help that they were playing New York of all teams. Yeah. Because honestly, it's like, regardless of who's on the New York team, Madison Square Garden does not help. No, it was crazy in some of those games. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was another 4-1. Granted, this series didn't surprise me at all the way that it ended. I still thought that they had a decent chance if they could pull it together. But... As we saw, it was a 4-1 defeat. Yeah. As you said, not what any of us Cavs fans um, wanted to happen and and maybe not expected. But the Knicks really, you got to give them credit that they really just completely kind of dominated the Cavs Mm -hmm. physically. A lot of those Knicks games were 
they got a lot of offensive rebounds, especially Mitchell Robinson. Um, and that's what led to, you know, a lot of their points. And mm. surprisingly enough, the the front court that the big front court of the Cavs, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, they just uh, weren't really strong enough and didn't uh, have the physicality to match the Knicks. So that was kind of unfortunate. Good thing for Cavs fans, you know, the team is still young. They have a lot of chances to continue to improve. And also like what you said, I, I heard on a NBA, a different NBA podcast. I don't remember which one it was, but I heard someone say if there was a team that was like built in a lab to beat this Cavs team, it would have been the Knicks. Partially because what you said of just it was their first time in the playoffs in Madison Square Garden is kind of the atmosphere, you know, like like no other. But also due to that physicality where the Knicks the Knicks are going to just run, crash the boards. They're going to play really physical. And for the Cavs, you know, the playoffs, the physicality goes up in the playoffs. And I don't think, like you said, I don't think a lot of the young players for the Cavs expected that. And unfortunately, I mean, they adjusted. They they were able to get one game, but the Knicks just came, just kept punching and the Cavs weren't able to uh, punch back in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is very true. That is definitely true. <laughs> And that leads us to where we are right now with, with the second round series of Heat versus Knicks. Um, mm. Series right now that's tied one-to-one. Um, again, a series I don't think many people expected at all. Um, but it really, for me, when I watch it and when I think about these teams, it takes me back to early 2000s or 90s basketball where it's a lot of just defense. Um, it's really physical. And it's going to be, you know, just whoever can grind it out kind of. <laughs> Um, so far, the Heat, they won game one. Um, they had some timely shots to end up winning that one over the Knicks. Um, Cody Martin was didn't end up being their leading scorer, but he was their leading scorer for a lot of the game. So I was like, I don't know how they're going to win this, but they pulled it off. Um, and then the Knicks came back and they won game two. Um, and Julius Randle really returned to form after his injury and really played well, really in both those games, but especially in the in the second game. Um, to even the series. So it's looking like it's going to be a competitive series right now uh, where we stand. Mm. Uh, I was just going to say two other things I wanted to say just about both of these teams is the Heat, the Miami Heat, they have some kind of secret to getting these undrafted players. You know, I was looking and I was like, man, they have a lot of undrafted guys. So I looked on their roster. They actually have eight undrafted players on their playoff roster, uh, which is insane. I feel like has to be some sort of record, but those guys are Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, Omar Yurtseven, Orlando Robinson, uh, old man Udonis Haslam uh, was undrafted back in the day, and then Hayward Highsmith. And out of those eight, five of those guys are actually playing really meaningful minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's crazy. Just they've always kind of had this where they can find those undrafted guys, but eight in one in one playoff round, especially you know, do the fact that they're onto the second round, I think is really yeah. crazy and speaks, I guess, to their development and scouting department more than anything else. Well, that and I think the G League definitely helps a lot. Yeah. Because I think the one thing that benefits the MLBL a lot is the fact that they have the minor league system. Yeah. They don't have to heavily rely on the college, the collegiate level in any sense. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think that NBA to some degree, needs either the their own form of minor league system, which is the G League, or the collegiate level. Because both can definitely help. They can 
hurt in some regards. You could definitely make that argument too, but mm. it's designed to help. But yeah, I think the G League and collegiate levels are a benefit for both leagues. So that's why I, I've always been frustrated with the the kind of the one and dones in college. Mm. Because yeah, you could make the argument where basketball you can go from high school to professional. I mean, look at LeBron. Yeah. Uh in the NBA. But LeBron's only LeBron and a handful of others, I right. think Kobe was straight from high school too. Yeah. Are just a, exceptions to the high school rule. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. And the G League, I feel like, has really grown and developed in these past couple years. And I feel like we've seen a lot more stories of successful players coming out of the G League. Uh, you know, Duncan Robinson was one for the Heat, but also, you know, thinking about guys like Fred Van Vliet, there was Jordan Poole, I think, was in the G League for a while. So, um, yeah, the more that the G League expands, I think is is better for the NBA. And like you said, with all these guys going one and done in college, even the level of college right now, college players, compared to what you face in the G League, it's a whole nother step up. And I think sometimes people don't realize that. So yeah, um, I, I'm glad to see the G League expand, expanding. And even the Cavs, you know, have had some success with guys like Lamar Stevens, Dean Wade coming out of the G League. So the only thing I, I just hope, and it seems like a lot of guys have been receptive to, you know, going down to the G League and improving. Um, but I hope guys continue to to stay receptive to it and don't get, you know, upset if they get sent down there because it really does uh, has worked wonders for a lot of a lot of these players. Mm-hmm. It goes back to the minor league system of baseball. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the guys are disappointed, but they they realize that for a lot of them, it's it's for their own good. Mm-hmm. The main focus is not on them anymore. Yeah, that's true. And it teaches them how to play mm-hmm. in a professional system, because sometimes college can just be so different with guys moving in and out. And yeah. It's even just a different style of game sometimes. Uh, I think there's less emphasis on the three-pointer now in college um, than at least in the NBA. But the other thing I wanted to mention, and this one hurts my heart to say this, but I wanted to bring this up, is as I'm watching these first couple games and w- for Miami, I was really thinking, man, the Cavs really could have used someone like Kevin Love against the Knicks. And it hurts to say that because they had Kevin Love mm-hmm. um, and ended up taking him out of, out of the rotation. Um, and ended up allowing him essentially to sign with the Miami Heat. So that was hard just because his rebounding and his shooting, those are the two things that the Cavs really struggled with in that yeah. first round against the Knicks. Um, and Kevin Love has played well, so I'm, I'm glad to see it for him, but it does hurt my heart to see the Cavs kind of blundered that one a little. <laughs> a little, but who knows? It, even with Kevin Love here, I don't know how much he would have actually helped that's true. Because, I don't think that would have changed the ultimate result. <laughs> because let's think about it for a second. He didn't, after LeBron left, up until literally last season, he didn't really do much. Yeah, that's true. And he didn't really do much this season either, even with Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. He didn't do much until he literally left. So honestly, I see that in in a way as a kind of benefit for both sides because he he could have also been a hindrance. Yeah. That's true. And at least the one positive from the Cavs side is at least it wasn't Kevin Love who knocked us out of the plus because I think that would have hurt more than yeah. anything. <laughs> um, Especially but, when you could have gotten something for him. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I think we talked about that when it first happened, you know, uh, if there could have been a chance for them to make a trade to at least get something back. But 
Fortunately, mm. we can't change how that played out. <laughs> yeah. Um, going on to another series, um, I'm interested in, in touching on what I think is maybe the biggest and most exciting series of the second round, which is the Lakers versus the Warriors. So uh, um, right now the Lakers lead one to zero. Um, but how we got here is the Lakers beat the Memphis Grizzlies in six games, which I think was a lot due to Anthony Davis and then the Lakers role players like Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, and Rui Hachimura really stepping up um, to get that win over the Grizzlies. Yeah, and to me, Memphis really kind of deserved to lose. They were, for a team that was kind of like the the Cavs in a sense, where they didn't have too much experience. They had some, mm. but they didn't have too much. They were talking a lot of crap. <laughs> they were. They were. <laughs> and especially coming from Dylan Brooks. This guy got what he deserved. One, he got knocked out of the playoffs in the first round. And two, he's now out of a job. Yeah. So, to me, he got, look, of course he's going to be better than me at basketball. I'm not denying that. But you talk you talk smack to the best player in the NBA, you're going to get screwed. <laughs> because even if he doesn't do the public drama, he's going to take it personally on the court. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we saw that happen. LeBron definitely did up his game a little bit after those comments from Brooks and alluding to what you said, there was a report that the Grizzlies are not going to bring back Dylan Brooks. And the specific language was under any circumstances, which Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, definitely makes it pretty clear um, that he's not going to be back with this Grizzlies team. He will probably get signed by another team, um, but definitely I think his role will, will probably be diminished and will, and he'll have to kind of reflect back on himself and, grow from this experience if he wants to continue yeah. to make an impact yeah i remember i think i saw it on facebook but i was like they're doing on uh i think it was the tnt tonight whatever the charles barkley shaquille o'neal show yeah. is TNT, yeah. um they were do- they're like where is this guy gonna go and they're they were joking around and like shaq was like yeah he's gonna end up in china <laughs> yeah yeah i saw that too and there was a lot of people making jokes about that too online on uh, Twitter and, and everything else but like I said I think he'll be I think he'll land somewhere in the NBA he can be a talented player especially on defense um, but he'll really need to scale back that mm. trash talking and then also scale back how many shots he he shoots because he was really hurting the Grizzlies with shooting a lot of shots that he was not making in that first round uh, I mean this guy isn't who was Big Ben Wallace of Detroit <laughs> not, um oh who's the Chicago center in the 90s dennis rodman that is rodman who yes dennis rodman didn't score a lot but he's gonna punch you in the face to get that rebound (laughs) yeah he's gonna do something he doesn't care how he's gonna do it so dylan the real reason i'm not comparing him to like michael jordan or anyone else is because dylan brooks is not michael jordan or (laughs) Kobe. i think that's for sure (laughs) he's more of that dennis rodman big ben wallace who's who can score points but is supposed to be getting like down low and stuff like that yeah yeah and like you said too about some of the trash talking this was obviously earlier in the season but there was of course the big quote that jaw said that you know the grizzlies were fine in the west and mm. kind of rough to say you're fine in the west and then lose in the very first round even if it was against a strong lakers mm. um, and on the other side of things we got here um with i think the best first round series which was the warriors 
knocking off the Sacramento Kings in seven games. Um, and yep. a lot of that was due to Steph Curry in that in that seventh game. He had a historic 50 points, um, and that was the most points in a game seven ever. So he definitely put his team on the on his back there. But that was a great series in the first round. So I do want to give props to Sacramento, especially you yeah. know, it being their first time for all those guys really on that team in the playoffs. Yeah, they did really well for themselves. Yeah. They were essentially what the Cavs, what Cleveland Cavaliers dreamed of. (laughs) You're right. You're right on that. They just got put up against a really tough team in Golden State. Yeah. And I mean, Golden State's still the defending champions. They won the championship just last year. So Mm. for Sacramento to play as well as they did, um, it was great to see. And it was great to see, uh, of course, them break that that playoff drought in the first place. Mm. But in terms of this series with the Lakers and the Warriors, game one, uh, it was a very close game. It was a very good game to watch. I think this is going to be an incredible series just in general, yeah. you know, having LeBron versus Steph Curry again, but this mm. time in the second round instead of in the finals. Um, but for me, game one was just a really a matchup of different styles. The Warriors shot 53 three-pointers. The Lakers only shot 25. But the Lakers combated that by shooting 29 free throws and the Warriors only shot six. So in this, uh, it kind of ended up that old school basketball, that's in a sense, won out in this game one. And we'll see if that continues to be the case later on in the series. But that was one thing that I thought was really interesting about Mm -hmm. this game was just how vastly different the teams were doing it on the offensive side. Yeah, and I think they play game two tonight. Yeah, it's tonight. As of recording this episode, they are playing game two tonight. Yeah, so definitely excited about that. I do know many people had questions about Jordan Poole's shot to end the game. I think it was a 28-foot shot from three. A lot of people were like, you know. But I will say two things. Steph Curry was completely double teamed. He he couldn't get open. The Lakers were really keying in on him. And Jordan Poole was wide open, even though he was far. So... I don't blame him too much, even though it was a little bit of a deep shot. For me, I don't blame him too much. Mm. And it's funny. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sometimes you just got to shoot your shot when you get the chance to. Exactly. And it's not like Jordan Poole is a bad three-point shooter. I mean, we've seen him make some of those deep shots, more so in the regular season than the playoffs. But uh, he is a good shooter, so I don't blame him too much. It's funny that you mentioned Dennis Rodman because I was also thinking that Kevon Looney for the Warriors, he's like this generation's Dennis Rodman. He just gets mm-hmm. rebounds on rebounds and that he doesn't score a lot. He doesn't do a lot else, but that's really all they need him to do. Um, mm-hmm. I'll say Dennis Rodman on the court, <laughs> not so much uh, not the off the court. Off the <laughs> uh, not the antics off the court, right. And two other things that were big thoughts. Well, two things that I saw. I saw one that was uh, a really interesting stat about game one in that Anthony Davis had an amazing game. Um, mm. And the he joins Tim Duncan as the only players in playoff history to ever have a game with 30-plus points, 20-plus rebounds, 5-plus assists, and 3-plus blocks. So he was really doing it on both ends of the floor, um, which he's really done so far in the playoffs. He's been very impressive. But if he keeps playing like this, I don't see why the Lakers, you know, don't have a chance to to win the whole thing. I know that's getting a little bit ahead of ahead of ourselves, but if AD continues at this level, I don't know who who can really stop him. Injuries. That's I think the biggest thing. I think that's the biggest 
Because let's see if he's not. Let's see if he's stopped becoming Anthony Day to Day Davis. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I hope for so, him that he's able to keep that injury bug away. But I do hmm. think that's the biggest thing. Because even Draymond's a good defender, but at this point, he's kind of too small to guard Anthony Davis. So, yeah, I think it'll just be if he can stay healthy and he can stay consistent. I think that'll be kind of the key to both this series and the key to the rest of the Lakers' playoff runs. Mm. Anything else you want to add on this Lakers-Warriors series? No. I think we can just move on to the other two series in the first round of the Western Conference, being Denver, Minnesota, and Phoenix, LAC. Uh, But which had both Denver winning that one and then Phoenix winning that one. So starting with Denver, um, no surprise there that Denver won that one, especially as easy as it as they did. Um, and we kind of covered the reason why in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. But to kind of somewhat recap why, uh, they don't really have a good team around Carl Anthony Towns for Minnesota. And they kind of, like Nick said in the last episode, they really need to – move on from cat um don't know what they could get from him because they can't really get rid of rudy gobert because they gave up so much to get him yeah and uh they were just fortunate that no one was fighting each other on the court (laughs) that is true that is true yeah um again i think like we talked about in previous episodes i think the timberwolves focusing on building this team around the young anthony edwards i think is really going to be their best shot going forward and like you said I think that'll probably be with them having to stick with Gobert just because they gave up so much to get him but I will say the Nuggets I give them a lot of credit for their defense in that first round series too they really played really really good defense on the Wolves and I think as we've talked about in some earlier episodes during the season the Nuggets defense has not always been great (laughs) so I, I was impressed to see them um, you know, play hard and really kind of shut the the wolves down and get that pretty easy series win uh, in the first mm-hmm. round. And then with Phoenix, um, this was another no surprise one for me at least. I mean, we discussed it in previous episodes as well that this was going to be really Phoenix's series to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul George was hurt early on. Why didn't really have as much help as like he kind of did in Toronto? Um, mm-hmm. At least that team had depth. This one, I don't know how much depth they had. So it really fell down on Kawhi's shoulders, and he just he tried the best he could, not trying to take away from that at all, but there's only so much one man can do. That's true, and I think we saw that with him ended up getting injured towards the end of the series, and that really that really ended it. So, um yeah. Yeah, once Kawhi, Kawhi was playing really good in those first couple games, and I was like, wow, man, he's looking he's looking like he looked back in that Toronto Raptors run. Um, yeah. But once he ended up getting that kind of knee issue and going down, like you said, I think the Clippers have good players in good depth, but I just don't think they showed up in the way that they needed them to in, in this series. So once yeah. Kawhi went down, that was kind of the, the beginning of the end for the, for the Clippers. Mm-hmm. So and that leads us to where we are right now with this series, which is maybe surprising for some people. And it's the Nuggets are leading two to zero um, right now. In terms of the game so far, game one, I think really boiled down to a basic math problem in that the Nuggets shot 16 of 37 from three. The Suns only shot seven of 23 from three. So just off the three pointers, there's a 33 point difference right there, Mm -hmm. which I think was kind of the story of that game one. 
Um, and then game two, it, it was closer, but kind of down the stretch again, the Nuggets just shot better. And, and this one actually, interestingly enough, dominated the points in the paint. So mm. they're also showing that they can get it done in multiple ways. And I've been very impressed with, with the Nuggets so far in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, they've definitely stepped up their game uh, for when they need it. Hopefully they can keep it going. And because right. I do have them, I think they, I do have them going to the finals. At least in one episode I did. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> the last one. I know we did a couple different picks. So, <laughs> mm. so, but yeah, they definitely so far, knocking on wood, <laughs> have held up their end of the deal. Yeah, I agree. And also, unfortunately, uh, Chris Paul in the last game suffered a groin injury. Um, and it says he's day to day right now, but it looks like at least for, for game three, he's probably going to be out. So of course that doesn't help the Suns, and really will put more on Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. And, um, they've been really good in this series, but I think it's similar to what we said with the Clippers where their, their role players haven't been able to, to make shots. You know, the defense has really been focusing on Booker and Durant. And when the role players aren't able to make shots, that makes it really hard. Even if you do have two you know, all time, maybe not all time, but two of the best scorers in the league right now with Booker and, and Durant. Mm, yeah. So hopefully they can. My thing is now, if they do pull off this upset, I think for me, that in a way is going to help somewhat solidify Kevin Durant's legacy to a degree. Because let's be honest, um, this wasn't him joining. To me, it wasn't him joining Golden State. Yeah, right. Golden State was already a solidified champion at the time that he got there. Right. He was just there to help defeat an already good Cavaliers team. Mm-hmm. And with Phoenix Suns, yeah, they had some depth to them, but they weren't the solidified like championship-style team right. that Golden State right. was. So no. hopefully, hopefully he can be that guy that can help them solidify. Yeah, I agree. And it it is tough because... He came in so well, he came in, of course, at the trade deadline and then he got hurt. So I think before the playoffs, they had only played something like eight games together, Um, you know, with I think with those four of Durant, Booker, Aiton and Chris Paul, who, of course, are the the biggest members of the team. Mm. I do think on the on the opposite end of that, though, if, you know, they end up going down in this series, I really think that next year they have a chance, you know, if they can do mm-hmm. some things in the off season just to bring in a little bit more shooting, a little bit more uh, really shooting. I think is their biggest thing, maybe a little bit more defense as well. Um, and maybe some more bench pieces. Mm-hmm. If they can do that. I think next year having a full season together as a team, I think they're going to be really scary once it gets time, yes. you know, a year from now when we're looking at them in, in the playoff race. Mm-hmm. Again, that's uh knock on wood that they stay healthy because that's always as well. But mm-hmm. And that kind of brings us to what the the last series, which is Boston Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. But let's just talk about the. Uh, I think we should just talk about the series leading up to it. Let's start with you on this one, actually, since I yeah. kind of took over on this one. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Um. So yeah, for the Celtics, how they got here, they did end up beating the Hawks in six games. Um. It was an interesting series because the Celtics came out extremely seems like extremely focused, extremely hot shooting wise, um, especially in that game one. And then it seems like towards the end, they maybe lost their focus a little bit and ended up beating the Hawks in six games. I think the Celtics were clearly as, as they won the series, but clearly the better team throughout. 
but the Hawks did have Trey Young who who got hot in a couple games and I think that's what kept it close into that six game realm um but definitely I think the better team came out ahead and then on the other side the 76ers interestingly enough they swept the Brooklyn Nets but also a lot of the games against the Nets were close so even though it was a sweep and they only won in four they didn't look as impressive I guess as you would think being a sweep in that you know all the games were close and you know, obviously Brooklyn had a head start in this season of, you know, having the the good start with Kevin Durant and Kyrie. And then after those guys got traded, they did a great job staying in that, you know, realm of making the playoffs, but mm. they were clearly overmatched talent wise uh, in that. Oh, yeah, 100%. yeah, they they were another kind of like Cavaliers thing um, where I think the Cavaliers just had an, enough of a Donovan Mitchell. Helping out, but they did win one. Um, whereas they didn't. I think that yeah. this is like Nick has said several times that this is an amazing team, amazingly young team. Give it if they add anyone, just add someone that can help. Um, don't just add anyone that <laughs> just add someone because that this team has a bright future. Don't give me a I agree. Yes, they had that head start, but it's a difference between having a head start and maintaining it. Yeah. So the fact that they were able to maintain that lead and come into the playoffs is an amazing feat in itself. Yeah, I definitely agree. And even even throughout the, of course, the end of the season, but also the playoffs, I was very impressed with Mikhail Bridges, who came over from the Suns. You know, obviously on the Suns, he was more of a, a role player, you know, with Devin Booker and Chris Paul and Aiton getting a lot of the shots over there. But he really became the star of the Nets team. And he was, I think, averaging over 20 points after after that trade. And so he's really been impressive. And, of course, he's an amazing defensive player as well. So he's one of those guys, those luxuries in the NBA where, you know, mm. he can score a bunch, but he can also kind of shut down, you know, your best player, which there aren't a lot of. So that in and of itself helps the Nets tremendously as they, as they build toward their future. Yeah, so to any Brooklyn Net fan, don't be deterred. Um, you guys got a bright future in this team. So and my, my my last take on the Boston Atlanta thing, um, Atlanta tried to put up a fight, but came up short. Mm-hmm. Um, the effort was there, like you said. The effort definitely was there. Um, but I think that they do. I think Atlanta does need to, if they can't do it next year, I think that they need to kind of move on from Trey Young's in a way. Because, yes, he can help, but... I think he he on this team is more of a hindrance than anything. He, that's interesting. Huh? I was just going to say, sorry, I was just going to say that's interesting. I know we talked about this, I think, a little bit last episode, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked a little bit about how, uh, you know, he's gotten all these comparisons like to Steph Curry or to James Harden. And I think right now he's more of that Harden role where he's not really moving when he doesn't have the ball, which definitely doesn't help. But I would be interested definitely to to see them another team like Phoenix that I'd be I'd want to see them give it a full year's run because they did hire Quinn Snyder their head coach um, who was a formerly coach of the Jazz they did hire him halfway through this season Um, Um, so I imagine coming in as a coach it's really hard in the middle of the season so that'd be another one that I'd like to see how things play out next year if it were me before making any big changes but I I do understand what you're saying especially because Trey Young is such a liability on the defensive end Mm -hmm. he's a really unfortunately a really bad defender uh and that does not help the hawks team at all 
Yeah, no. So lead, that leads us to where we are in this series right now, which as of last night's game is now tied one to one. This was an interesting one because game one, uh, the Sixers were without Joel Embiid. He was still out from that injury. I think it was a knee injury. Um, mm-hmm. And it was kind of a flashback to the James Harden of the Houston days. He had 45 points, six assists. Um, he was really, really playing well. And I don't think the Celtics expected him to maybe be that aggressive. Um, and so that was really impressive. And also Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris had good games that helped Philadelphia just slip out with that win in the first game. It was a really close game, but they didn't end up slipping out with it. Mm-hmm. And then game two, the Sixers got Joel Embiid back, but it seems like the Boston Celtics got some of their confidence and maybe shot making back as well because they had a blowout victory last night. Uh, It was kind of a 10-point game for most of it until the third quarter where the Celtics really blew it open and they won that third quarter 35-15. to So that leads us to the series being tied now and an interesting way of getting there with, you know, the Sixers winning the game without... Joel Embiid, who was announced as MVP as well earlier this week, mm-hmm. which is a huge shout-out to him. Um, and a huge shout-out to Nick, who I think picked uh, Embiid as his MVP when we did our awards mm-hmm. show as well. But even though I didn't pick him at the time, I do think he was incredibly deserving. And I'm glad to see him be able to get his first MVP. Yes, definitely. But this is another one that I think is really going to be an extremely close series. Yeah, even though that second game was kind of a blowout, it was, I think, more so just the Celtics kind of got hot in that third quarter. Um, And I think it's going to be extremely interesting. And although I didn't expect, although we kind of counted out the Heat and the Knicks earlier in this series, earlier in the playoffs, I do think that whoever wins this series is going to represent the East in the finals. We'll see if we're eating our words in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, But these two teams, I think, have been, at least over the course of the season, um, two out of the three best teams in the East with the Bucks already going down. So I'm excited to see how this plays out. And I think it will be really interesting too, just because these two cities and these two teams also do not like each other between Boston and Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, that should be interesting. Yeah. And another person that gets a shout out for last night for the Celtics was Jalen Brown. He was uh, really kind of, He's been really the reason in, in that game that they kind of broke out. He was definitely hot, and um, Tatum actually did not have a good game at all in that game, too. Um, and Jalen Brown was able to carry them carry them, you know, to the victory. So, mm. again, going to be a super exciting series, and that'll be an interesting one because I think Jalen Brown is a free agent this offseason, so it'll be interesting to see Should how the Celtics I keep him around. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But Yes. Any other things you want to add either to this series or where we are at in the playoffs now, David? No. All right. No, think, not really. I think, like we said, it's going to be, we're very excited to watch the rest of these series play out. And of course, the rest of the playoffs um, as a whole play out here in the next couple of weeks and coming months here down to the end. Uh, thank everyone. Thanks you, everyone who has been listening to this episode. If you want to share any of your thoughts on the NBA playoffs so far or predictions, anything of that nature in any of the comments on social media, if you see this, feel free to do that. Um, But this has been another episode of Nothing But Net presented by Deep Dive Sports, and we will see you next time.